Amen. <clears throat> Before I went abroad to uh, to study, this was the text that Pastor preached. Uh, Pastor Kim preached, um, I think, in 2012. No, 2015 was it? And back then, he was going through the book of Mark. And so we were listening to the book of Mark during Sundays. And also, he held a conference. And when you prepare to preach on Sunday, you have to listen to the sermons of Pastor Kim and meditate upon uh, the sermon. And I even looked into the sermon of Pastor Cho because he preached from the book of Mark before uh, Pastor Kim did his ex- exp- uh, exposition on it. And so that's how, how much I studied and, and looked into this message while preparing for this Sunday. And this is connected with my, my journey of writing the paper to get my PhD. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord helps me to read the texts that, that I need to read from the book. And, and He helped me to study the right material in order to get an A-plus on the tests. And afterwards, I came to Korea to finish up my paper. And when I came here, the only person or the only entity that I could rely on is the Holy Spirit to help with me. To, to write this paper. And, and I prayed to the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, I know that you have already written, written this paper. So just help me to write it on paper. Help me to, to, to move that, your, your words onto this paper. And I was struggling with a lot of unbelief regarding this paper because even though a lot of people came to me and said, Pastor, you have already finished writing it, haven't you? The, the Lord has, has, uh, has promised you that He's going to help you become victorious. But, uh, even, uh, but because I wasn't able to write it yet, I wasn't able to complete the paper yet, I had trouble fully believing in that, in that um, the Lord will help me to be successful in getting this degree. And the professor that was in charge of going over my paper as the editor, he was a very experienced person. But halfway through reading my paper, he actually gave up and said he couldn't, he couldn't finish it. And that's why I had to give that task to Judy and have Judy go over my paper and review it. So the professor, that, the, uh, the, the original person that, that was supposed to edit my paper, the one that gave up, was a person that my professor recommended. So even the professor was a little bit flustered when this person gave up halfway. And so I sent a message to Judy asking her, can you help me uh, with reviewing and editing my, my paper? And Judy had to, to, to uh, stay up all night for a week to go over my paper because the, the, the deadline was coming up for us. And I was able to finish the paper and, and send it to the professor on time. And for a couple of months after I came back from, from Europe to Korea, I stayed in my office 24 hours, almost 24 hours a day, just writing this paper. 
And because my room is located right next to the intercessory room, I, I start to understand all the characteristics of each team, of each, uh, of each intercessory team. Some teams prayed for a lot. Some teams were more, more focused on ministering. Some pastors, um, some pastors like to rest. Anyways, the reason why I had to come back before completing my paper, uh, according to Pastor Kim, is because I, I wasn't able to become a church, fully become a church. And that's why he wanted me to come back to the church so that I can learn and, and write this, finish this paper within the anointing that is given to this church. And I first came to this church during, uh, around 2014. And even during this worship, I was reminded, I, was, I came first at 2016. And back then, the vision that God showed me when I first came to this church was my, my whole family uh, wearing this, this army uniform together. And I looked, around, I looked around the church and I realized that each one of us in this church were wearing the same uniform. And of course, on top of that uniform, we were wearing the spiritual armor of the Lord, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness and all that. And I realized that in, in order for me to stop myself from being influ influenced by the spirit of religion, I needed to engage in spiritual warfare. Because if you do not engage in spiritual warfare, you will be 100% under the influence of, of this religion. And even though I say this, I, I'm kind of afraid of the statement because um, because even though the word, uh, the word of the Lord allows us to be, to, to be firm in our faith, sometimes as humans, we want a way out. We want another way out. And so that's why we would try to put both of our, our feet in different parties so that we can uh, switch in between them according to our needs. But anyways, at the end of this, dispute. There's a verse that says, God, uh, Jesus says we need to put to death this dispute. The spirit of religion is very dangerous because in the end, it's going to cause us to kill others. It's going to cause us to kill even, even uh, the Messiah himself. And that's what the Pharisees did in the end. And that's why we have to engage in spiritual warfare. We need to be spiritually alert. During my elementary and middle school and even high school, and even during my youth years, I would, I would pray to the Lord. And back then, uh, there, was, there was Thursday worship in our church. And we would, we would hold a worship at the beginning of this, of this uh, overnight worship. And then the rest of the people would stay, stay afterwards to pray all throughout the night. So everybody would stay in the church and pray until the... the the public transportations would, would operate once again around 5 a.m. So until the, the public transportations uh, 
or active, we needed to stay in church and pray. And there was a youth pastor that was in that church. The youth pastor would, 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 uh, would um, lead that worship and he would stay until 4 to 5 a.m. so that he can get on the bus to go home. And I was, back then I was the leader of the youth. And as the leader of the youth, it felt wrong for me to, to just leave after the 11 p.m. worship. And so I stayed with them and, uh, over the night in church and prayed with them so that I could leave around the same time as he did. And then all throughout the night, we would pray amongst ourselves. We would, we would lead, go around the room and lead prayers at each time. And when this pastor was in a good mood, he would actually lead us to heaven afterwards. Of course, that is Kimbap Heaven, which is one of the, one of the uh, restaurant chains, chains in Korea. And we would go there and have breakfast together. And all the people that prayed with us were, were mostly college students the young adults of the church. And the focus of the young adults are, of course, marriage and, and, and jobs because they're preparing for those two things, that are, those two aspects are the most important things that they're, go, they're moving, forward, uh, moving towards in that period of life. So everybody had dreams. They wanted to go to, go to good colleges so that they can go into good jobs, like Sam, going to big companies like Samsung or, or become a famous musician. And there were around 150-ish uh, young adults that were coming to this church. And in total, we actually had around 300, 300 young adults that were coming to this church. But people who were coming more often were 150. And when I asked the pastor, should we just uh, cut the people that are not coming so often off the list? And the pastor would rebuke me saying, how dare you? How can you do that? But anyways, this was the lifestyle. This was the, I guess, the spiritual cycle that I was living in back in, during this previous church. But even though at first it was difficult for me to go to these overnight services and to go and pray all throughout the night and stuff like that. But later I got used to it and that's when the spirit of religion would come into me also and I would get, I would get uh, relaxed and I would lose focus of the Lord and I would just be going through this cycle without putting much effort or putting much passion into, this, into the ministry. And of course I was also uh, susceptible to, that, to the attacks of that age which is focusing more on your vision, focusing more on your, your, your future job than, uh, rather than seeking out the Lord. And so to, to follow my dreams, I went to seminary school. And while I was in seminary school, sometimes, I would, occasionally, I would receive news uh, uh, about my fellow friends that were in church. You know, someone would say, somebody would come and say, oh, do you know that friend? You know, he used to be very passionate for the Lord, but apparently now he doesn't even go to church on Sundays. And some people turn to gambling because of all the stress that they have, they have received in their, in their workplaces. And these people were more passionate 
than I was for the Lord back then, back when, back then, when, when we were attending the same church. And there were around 10 people that became pastors uh, that, were, that, that were in my church. But when I looked at how they were ministering their churches, only half of them were actually ministering the church with, with the love of the Lord. And these were all people that I have learned from. They were my seniors and my, 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 my juniors. And even though they were once uh, very passionate for the Lord, once they started to get mixed with the world, they lost that, that love for the Lord. They lost that passion for the Lord. And so, of course, their ministry and their intentions will be mixed by the standards of, uh, of the world as well. I, I, and I went to one of the churches. And on the podium, it was inscribed Alpha and Omega. And of course, we know that the time of the Lord is not Hora, but it's Kairos. It does not cycle around once again. It is a new time and an everlasting time of the Lord. But if you live by religion, then that means you're encased in this Hora. You're encased in this hamster wheel that only turns, that, that repeats itself in a cycle. But when you live in Cairo, you're not limited by this physical time. You can get healed of the, your scars and your hurts of the past. And also you can receive the glory that is to come in the future. We, we can all become time travelers when we're connected with the Holy Spirit because we're living according to the timetable of the Lord. In the present, you can get a taste of the future and you, so, you can also control the past. When you look at the Lord who is... Who, is, uh, who calls himself, I am who I am. And when you live in this life, you will not be filled with concerns anymore. I had a friend who became a bodyguard of, of the prime minister of Korea. He was a bodyguard of, of, of a very um, high-ranking personnel of Korea. So I called him up to, to ask how he was doing recently. And he started to share his story. And he is a Christian, of course. And he says he has gone and visited all the, mega, the big churches of Korea. Oh, but my, my friend is not a Christian, but the, 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 the person that he's serving is a Christian. And so he followed him all around the nation to visit these big churches. And so every Sunday he has to follow this person because he is his bodyguard and he has to go to the church that that person is going. 
And he said the one keyword that he, he heard in, in church is the word eternity, eternal life. And I said, yeah, that's, that's important. You have to believe in this eternal life. But he says, he says he understands what this concept is. But he, he can't receive that message, even though he understands it in his head, because, because his, he cannot, he's more focused on his, his current problems, which is his family, and taking care of his family, supporting his family. And he said to me, do not become a pastor, but rather become a professor, because all the, all the pastors that I have experienced seem like con men. So I think he visited all the, almost all the churches of Korea except for our church. And because he has a mind of his own, he's able to listen to the message Sunday and, and learn of who Jesus is. And, when you, and he knows that when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you can live in this eternal life. But he is unable to believe in it. So let's go to verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there, were, there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. So Jesus, Jesus spoke to these, peop- to these people. He was speaking the truth to them. And amongst that crowd, amongst, the, uh, amongst these numbers, there are people who are unable to receive this message that is spoken by Jesus by faith. So I bless that the people of Yerbang Church, the people who are receiving this message today, would all, re- would, would all be able to receive this message by faith and not become a crowd, not become uh, uh, these, these religious people. And when, when Jesus was walking amongst this land, when he was performing miracles, he, was, he always gathered a crowd around him because of the miracles that he was performing. And people would turn all the glory to the Lord when, the, when they saw these miracles. But in the end, that same crowd are, this, the same crowd are the same people that nailed Jesus on the cross, that betrayed him once they felt like they were being uh, threatened. So that's why we need to fight against uh, the spirit of religion. Because we only, when we are affected by the spirit, we will only try to seek out the Lord when we need him. We use him as a tool. You know, when you have to, to when, when you're about to go into exam, you say, Lord, would you help me so that I can turn this word to the Lord? But afterwards, you, you, forget, you forget to thank him and you, you don't maintain that relationship with, with him once your issues are resolved. But thankfully, we are in a church where we're constantly reminded of, uh, reminded to have to maintain this relationship with the Lord. But when you're not attending a church that speaks this truth, it would be very difficult for you to maintain this close relationship with the Lord and not use the Lord and, 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 and make Him your tool. So I know um, a person that comes to our conference uh, occasionally to be refueled, to be recharged so that she can, so that she can go back to her own church. And recharge and, and, and uh, manage her ministry 
in our own church. And somebody else was, was asking her, uh, asking her advice to, to whether or not to just come and register for this church. But she said, no, Ryobang Church is just a place where you go to recharge. You don't have to sign up and, and be a part of that church. Just, just go occasionally to be recharged in your, in, your, in your spirit so that you can go back to your own church and, and, and minister your own church. So this is the difference in, in, in and, the, and the importance of calling for us. And another thing that I repented of was uh, my t- during my time in elementary school. There was a teacher that was handing out exam papers. And you're, you're supposed to turn the page upside down until the teacher tells you to, to begin the test. But back then, whenever I had, a, had a t- I had this test paper before me, I would pray to the Lord saying, Lord, would you help me to, to, to do well in this te- test? And I would take the test, and later, uh, when, when that test is graded, most of the time I would get, I would get A plus, 100 out of 100. And rather than thank to, thanking the Lord for helping me through this test, I would turn all the glory to myself and, and brag and boast of this, of this uh, paper proudly to my parents, saying, look how well I did. So while I'm, I'm uh, repenting on the spirit of religion, God has been showing me even these little uh, sins that I have committed in the past. And the more you are in this cycle, the more hardened you will be and, and you will become spiritually numb and lose your desire for the Lord. And in, during middle school, uh, my, my father My father um, paid for a tutor that was that was um, from from the Kaist University, a person that graduated from Kaist University, which is the most um, highly held university in Korea. And I, I I should have learned quantum physics from that person, but of course I didn't. And while I was studying with this tutor, <laughs> um, he saw the poster on my wall of a, of a pop artist, and he said he also listened to pop music. And so we found something that we had in common. And so the, for the rest of the class, we didn't study, but rather talked about our musical t- tastes. And of course, later, um, my father found out about our discussion, and he, and he, and he uh, fired him because he wasn't helping his son to study, but rather talking about pop music during class that he was paying for. And Pastor Kim, because he's a man filled with the Holy Spirit, he's able to look into your heart and see your intentions. That is the power of the Spirit. Of, uh, that is the power that comes from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to know. He teaches us. 
And you can also become an excellent teacher when you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you learn from the best teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And when your student is also uh, being taught through the Holy Spirit, they would also get, uh, be able to write on this, this flow of this anointing. And that's why you would, have, you would come together to form a good synergy in that classroom. So in middle school, my father's dream for me was to excel in academics, and that's why he, he sent that tutor to me. And when you're interested in, 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 in uh, the sciences, you would go to Seoul University. And if you're interested in literature and language, then you would go to a um, uh, foreign, uh, international university. That is the, that is all, that was all the, all the, uh, that was the dreams of all the parents back during my time. Why am I getting so distracted today? Why am I sharing about these stories even though it has nothing to do with the message today? Look, look how concisely I prepared for this message. But why am I talking about my own stories? <clears throat> when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the four ministries that, that Jesus did on this earth he shared, uh, shared the kingdom of the Lord. He gathered his disciples. He taught his disciples. And he healed and, and delivered people. And whenever he went into a town, all the spirits would be gone. And I came up with an acronym to memorize the four ministries that Jesus did. So even though we have, I have heard of his ministry all my life, you know, it was difficult for me to memorize all the ministries that Jesus did, and that's why I made up this system for me to memorize it easily. But anyways, let's move on to verse 2. They gathered in such large numbers that there, were, there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. So he was teaching, Jesus was teaching the word to them. Because Jesus came as a physical man on this earth, he had to go and teach the word of the Lord to the people. And that's why our MBE, our All Nations Bible Institute, is so important for us as well. And also, that's why this church has put in so much resources to, 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 uh, to, to create these, these doctors in our church. So they can become teachers of the word of the Lord. So as a disciple of Jesus, we must also follow in his footsteps to become an excellent teacher as he was. Some men came bringing him a paralyzed man and carried by four of them. So these men were people who were responding by faith 
because they knew they knew for a fact and they believed that when you go to that person, when you go to Jesus, you will be healed. So the four of them carried their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus because they fully believed that they would be that, that their friend would be healed. But of course, from verse two, we can know that that such a large number gathered that there was no room left, even in, uh, even outside of the the, the, the house. And so they activated their faith and they went on, on top of the roof and dug out the roof so that they can um, so they can send their friend through the roof to to meet Jesus. This is the spiritual breakthrough of faith that they that they had. Once they saw this problem, once they saw this huge number of people gathered there, they didn't stop there. They didn't hesitate, but they went straight for they they, they went straight forward uh, to to resolve this issue. So imagine something like that happening to our church. Somebody uh, opens up a hole in our roof so that they can repel uh, somebody who is sick, so that to to have Pastor Kim, <laughs> to have Pastor Kim uh, minister that person. Of course, that person will be healed through this ministry, but but maybe we're gonna be holding a lawsuit against those people that that, that poke poke the hole in our roof. So what I'm saying here is that <clears throat> when you're filled by faith, um, you, will be, you will be able to go beyond and transcend your, your ethics and rationality. And they had a unified faith together. The, even the, the person that was paralyzed and also, his, the four, uh, also the four that carried them, they were all unified in this one faith. And they had one goal, to bring their friend who was paralyzed before Jesus. Because they knew for a fact that when they, when, when they meet Jesus, this will be resolved, that their problems will be solved. Likewise, I have an interview coming up in October 18th, and I know for, and, and I want to have this faith that, that God is going to help me through that interview. Even though I'm not that good, excellent in English, that God will just give me all the right words to say before the interviewer. And I want to be able to turn all the glory to the Lord after all this is done. The reason why I looked at the ground while proclaiming this is because I was afraid to look at your faces because I don't know how many of you will be in agreement with me. And Deacon Kim was the one, Deacon Kim of, of Ant was the deacon that came and said, you gotta, be, you, gotta, you gotta do it by faith. And while I was listening to his words, I, I, I thought within myself, you know, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm going through at the moment. But I really respect him because he just came to me next to the urinal, next to me in the urinal, and he just proclaimed the faith. He proclaimed by faith that this, it will be done by the, by, by the work of the Lord. And he just left after finishing his business. So in this story, I am the paralyzed man because I am unable to become a, fully become a church to, to this church. 
And the rest of you, the people of this church, are you are you guys are the four friends that are carrying me to to the Lord. And the funny thing is the 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 the, uh, the bed or the what's what's that called? Um, the thing that you're the bed that you're carrying costs two thousand uh, twenty million Korean won. Because that was the amount of money that I had to, to give to that person that, that I got in a bike accident with before. Because I'm in debt to the church and I'm in debt to Pastor Kim, I have to obey his every word. And that's why when he told me to preach this week, I, I, I couldn't reject. I had to say yes, because I knew of my mistake. I, I knew, I know what I have done. And I actually spoke to the person that I got into a, a bike accident with and I said, I don't have a lot of money, but... So, so when I got into this accident with the person, I asked him, could you, could you, um, uh, <laughs> could you make it a little bit easier for, for me? Because I don't have a lot of money. I'm, I'm still, um, I'm still just a pastor in this church. And I called my friend who was a lawyer to ask him how I should, um, do this and my friend actually rebuked me and scolded me saying how old are you that you're still getting into accidents while you're riding bikes but anyways his friend anyways rather than uh, coming up with a solution he spent most of my that, that phone call um, scolding me and making fun of me But in the end, he, will, he helped me through this whole process. And the overall problem was resolved fairly okay, even though we had to pay a, a huge amount of money to that person. So the reason why I'm sharing this is because I'm being carried by this church. This church had to, to pay that fine for me. 20 million won is not, is not a small amount of money. <laughs> so I had to preach, I had to prepare for this message well. I had to, I had to, I had to do well in, in, this, in this Sunday. And this mess, this service has to be strong so that so that simultaneously the service in, in, in Israel may be uh, powerful as well. So I have to check myself to see: Am I? Am I? What are my motives? Am I doing this because I'm I'm sorry about the the twenty million fine that that the church had to pay for me, or am I doing it for the glory of the Lord? And I think it is both. And something that I realized while in being in this church is when the head pastor is out 
outside doing conferences, I feel very peaceful in my heart. But when Pastor Kim is present in this church, I am very nervous. And some of you are laughing, I think, because you can relate to me. That was something that I discovered uh, within myself. And this is also uh, connected with the spirit of religion. Because it is, because I'm thinking, I, I, <laughs> because this is like being in a company or being in an organization. When your boss is around, you're nervous all the time. But when your boss is out uh, doing foreign um, uh, meetings, overseas meetings, you feel at peace because he's not there to boss you around and to, and to scold you about your mistakes. And I, uh, that, that was exactly what I was doing. When Pastor Kim says, uh, so long, uh, I'm going to be going to a conference, <laughs> I, I feel really at peace and, 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 and also at ease too because he's not here to scold me. And of course, I repented regarding this already when I, when I discovered my, my, my wickedness. And when, when I was serving my previous church, they also had a system as well. There's a hierarchy of, of, of superiors before me and also juniors beneath me. And everybody had their own tasks and everybody had their own jobs to do in this church. So it felt, it actually, it, that, that church felt more like, more like a company than this church is. And this influence is what, uh, what caused me to become like this right now. I was living in that system of that previous church, even after coming to, to this church. On the battlefield, you, once you realize where the enemy is located, you can come up with strategies, you can come up with plans to deal with the enemy that is in that place. But when you're unaware where your enemy is, that's when uh, things become very complicated for you. So now uh, God has helped me to locate where, where these attacks are coming from, where my wickedness is, and that's why he's helped me. It becomes easier for me to deal with them. So starting from verse 6, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So the teachers, the Pharisees, they were immediately when they saw Jesus ministering this person, their, their minds started to run. The thoughts started to run and saying, how dare you? You're just a man. What right do you have to, to, to forgive sins? So their thoughts, their minds started to move before their faith. They would analyze, they would break down uh, the, 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 the things that they were seeing. So when the, when the truth falls upon them, rather than receiving it through amen and, and letting that message come into them, they would break it down, analyze it, and nitpick the things that they want to receive and, not, and the things that they are unwilling to receive. And when Pastor Kim... Pastor Kim often 
he, he often he doesn't rebuke us, he doesn't scold us, he, he, points out, he points out our mistakes. For example, when the attacks of the Antichrist is very strong, he would say uh, your sins and your wickedness will be amplified and so your thoughts will be moving constantly. And through <laughs> the ministry of Pastor Kim, I was able to realize one of the habits of my wife. And most of the time, she's very happy. She's very pleased to, to, to provide food for the family. But sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, she would say, I don't really feel like making food for you. And that's when she's, uh, that, and when she's uh, spiritually speaking, that's when she's attacked by the Antichrist or the other spirits that may come to attack us. When she's under this influence, it causes her emotions to go overboard and she doesn't want to serve me anymore. She doesn't want to care for the family anymore at, the times, at times. Or she gets really irritated with me and starts to scold me and rebuke me and nag me. In, in her perspective. I'm not a picky eater and so I, I'm fine with eating the same food over and over again. So it's, it's very easy to provide food for me. But she gets stressed by herself. She gets stressed out about what food to prepare for her husband every day. And so we were coming in collision with one another spiritually and also uh, emotionally. And we had a, a big fight once. And I think after that fight, we didn't really fight anymore. And while I was studying abroad in, in England, let's say, let's say I wrote, uh, uh, my writing was very smooth one day. And I was feeling good about uh, the, the, the progress that I made in that. I would come home and say, and tell my wife, look, look how much I was able to write today. Four, five pages, that was our goal. And said, would you feed me? And she would say, am I here? Am I just your, your, your cook? Am I here to serve you? And those of you who are married, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm saying. People who were married longer than me, of course, you're laughing at my rookie mistakes. But I'm just talking about how uh, we can collide with one another when we're not uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, but being influenced by spirits. But anyways, the teachers were, were mocking Jesus and accusing him of blasphemy. And they're saying, God alone can forgive sins, not even the high priests. Only God alone can forgive sins for himself. But Jesus was before them saying to this person, Son, son your sins are forgiven. And verse 8, Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, So because Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he knew exactly what was in their hearts. 
And he said, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus spoke this to go against the spirit of religion. Look here in verse 5. Let's say in verse 5, he says, Son, your sins are forgiven, and go to verse 11. I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up and took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. If this was what happened, then it would have been very clean. But verse 6 to verse 10 is in this story because, because the, the teachers came in conflict with what Jesus was doing. No, if, if the story just went, Jesus, uh, uh, just went along ha- having Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven, get, get up and walk, and the person got up Im- immediately and just walked away, then this whole story would, been, would have been very clean, and everybody would have been happy. But Jesus had to touch the spirit of religion. And let's continue. He says, Sons, your sins are forgiven. And he asked the Pharisees, which is easier? Saying your sins are forgiven or, or actually healing that person, telling that person to get up and walk. And he's actually poking at the Pharisees, saying, do you, do you understand why I'm trying why I'm pointing this out within you? Before coming to this church, when I was reading this text, I would always have this uh, struggle. I had a dilemma. Your sins are forgiven is, is a statement that you can say, but get up and take your mat away. Is, it, there's, there needs to be a physical transformation within that person so that they can get up and walk away. But while listening to the message of Pastor Kim, this dilemma was completely put at ease. If the story went having uh, Jesus just, just going from verse 5 to verse 11, then, then, then the Pharisees would have never uh, been threatened because Jesus never challenged them. Then, then he, he probably didn't even have to be crucified on the cross. But no, Jesus had to challenge the faith of the Pharisees. Of course, Jesus could have just healed that, that person, have him just get up and walk. But he had to f- say the Son of Man for- is forgiving your sins because he needed to touch upon the spirit of religion that was within the Pharisees. 
And since Jesus has unraveled this truth within us, that's why we can minister with the blood of Jesus to forgive the sins of others. Let's say, for example, I continue to pour this, this, the blood of Jesus upon my family. Then my family members, each, each spirit will be saved through the, blood, through the power of the blood. And of course, ultimately, uh, ultimately the decision to forgive sins is, 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 it lies upon uh, our Heavenly Father. But when you proclaim this blood upon others, it, that, that the spirits that are acting upon that, that, that person will be, will be lifted. For example, the spirit of death will be lifted, and so it would help that person to rise and return to the Lord. So in order to let the disciples be able to utilize the blood of, of, of Jesus to, to, to deliver others, to save others, he needed to touch upon, he, he needed to do this ministry. And when Jesus was resurrected, he went to the disciples and said, when you, when you forgive others, that, will, that person will be forgiven. When you, and the things that you bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. And the things that you unravel in, in heaven will also be unraveled on this earth as well. So on the basis of this ministry, he shed his blood on the cross. And that cross, when he shed that blood, that, that blood, the power of the blood was given to us and given to his disciples. In Romans, through the shedding of his blood, he became a peace offering to bring peace between us and the Lord. That was the ministry of his blood. His blood came and erased our sins. And he also washed away all the records of sins in, in, in heaven as well. So that's why every day, when, even though we commit sins, we can be cleansed once again through the, through, the, through, the, um, through the proclamation of His blood. So as long as you hold on to uh, the blood of Jesus, you are righteous, you are justified, you are pure, you are freed of the spirit of religion. You don't need to, to run in this hamster wheel anymore. Future becomes yours and the, the past will be unraveled and, and be released for you. That's why Jesus engaged in this ministry. And that's why this, this message is so important and so amazing. There was once when I was studying, and there was an excellent student, a very smart student, that was studying next to me. And we were talking about that, uh, the original sin. We were debating this issue of the original sin. I said, Jesus did not, was not born with this original sin because the concept of this original sin came after the time of Augustine. But he said, whether, whether that original sin was present in the time of Jesus or not, it doesn't matter because we are all born as sinners. And he broke it down very logically. But before I went abroad to, to, to study, I had listened to the book of Mark already. And the message that I held on to was, when the present, 
principle of, of original sin is present, then no matter how much glory and how much, how much uh, holiness you receive from the Lord, the spirit of Jezebel is going to continue to come and speak in your ear saying, even if you receive all these good things, you are still a sinner because of that original sin. If you think I have this, this sin that is passed down to me, then that, that sin cannot be resolved. So even if you, if you, if you are, uh, even if your other sins are, are erased, that original sin is still going to be present within you. And so you are not fully righteous. That's what I struggled with before. And like I said before, I would come up with acronyms to memorize important things because I'm not a smart person. My, 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 uh, my knowledge is very limited. My family, uh, there's a lot of smart and intelligent people in my family. A lot of people came, attended Seoul University. And even though I came out of a decent college as well, I, I cannot tell the other, my family members that I came out of college because it, most of them are very smart. And even my grandma was very smart. He, she memorized all the folk tales and all the stories that she heard as a, as a child and she read in, in school. And of course, because she, her, her, the rest of the, our fam, my family is also smart, she had high expectations for her grandson, me as well. In my family, we held on to uh, uh, these old traditions. And so uh, men and women even ate at separate tables. And the men held all the power in the, in, in the family as well. Whenever there was a, the, a holiday, the women would gather and be uh, preparing food all day long as, where, where, uh, as the men would just watch TV or enjoy themselves. And so my mother and my grandma both have uh, these, these traumatic experiences of going through those holidays. And so the trend and the flow of the family is very, is very uh, dangerous and, and difficult. I don't know why I'm talking about my family when I was talking about the spirit religion, but anyways, I was talking about the original sin. Huh? So I was discussing this with my friend and I acknowledged that he was very smart because it was to break down this original sin very logically. And he, 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 he also acknowledged that when you are able to resolve this issue of original sin, that's when you can grow spiritually without any limitations. 
But the thing is, the catch is that that student, my friend, he has no experience of the spirit because he's a student, and and he was there to study uh, the, uh, the the Bible rather than actually going uh, experiencing the things, the words of the Holy Spirit. So just listen, this is a transcript. Even if Adam brought sin to the world when he first sinned, we must prepare for the hardships and the difficulties that we we need to both prepare for the, the hardships and difficulties, but also be prepared to receive the glory that is to come. So Adam sinned. He opened So this is how the Jewish people look at the, the sin of Adam. They also, it's similar to us as well. They say that Adam, when he sinned, he opened the doors of death. But that does not mean that sin has been passed down to us. So because the doors of death are open, it may affect us in, in hardships and difficulties. But it doesn't mean that we are tied to that sin. So this, ex, uh, this excerpt goes on to say that, that we are to become our own Adams, which means you're responsible for your own sins. Adam's sin is not given to you. You're not responsible for his, for his sins and wickedness. So even though this, this, uh, the, the, the text that I'm quoting, it was not was not included in the Bible. It was the texts that were that the Jewish people were 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 reading back in their times. When, so when Jesus came, he was he came in the flesh. So this concept of original sin began because people of the later times, when they were meditating upon the sins uh, within us, they came up with the concept of original sin because they could not believe that Jesus fully came as a man. They were focused more on his divinity rather than his humanity. So they were led astray in their thinking. And this original sin, because and a lot of people know that this is wrong, that original sin should not be a thing, because if that is true, then, then, then Jesus, when he came in the flesh, means that he was also birthed into being a sinner as well. And that, that, that would, that would, um, that would uh, denounce all of the work of his, uh, his self, uh, the, 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 the ministry of salvation that he did. Mm. 
but it was too late to change uh, this, this principle that people came up with in theology. And that's why this concept of original sin, this principle of, of original sin became the main, main uh, belief of, of the current contemporary Christian world. reason why I'm, uh, I'm struggling at the moment is because my paper is not, is not finished yet. Yeah. If my paper pass, passes after October 18, I'm sure, I'm sure it will become a little, probably it's going to become easier for me to, to, to talk about this subject. Or is it going to become more difficult? No, I have to become a master of this because it is the paper that I wrote. I had to convince that friend saying Jesus was a man there is no such thing as original sin and that, my friend said you know whether or not you believe in original sin isn't, isn't the result the same that's, that's the logical uh, uh, conclusion that he came to which kind of makes sense but I said what you're saying is correct but you don't understand the spiritual meaning behind that and that's why you have to believe that you know, there's no such thing as original sin so let's go back to faith rather than focusing on this original sin we need to rejuvenate our spirits with, with the message of faith we are, we are, we are rebuking um, the spirit of religion we are not being rebuked by Jesus right now he's not giving us despair he's giving us hope he's giving us spiritual challenges so that we can grow and mature and, he said, and this message is saying you can become like Jesus you can minister like Jesus you can love like Jesus you, don't, you shouldn't be oppressed so verse 5 when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven when you come before Jesus by faith you are a humble one you are a little one in Hebrew it's technon or no, in, in, in Greek it's technon child meaning in the Bible it also says when you when you when you, when you, when you receive the Lord you have become his child you become his technon so as a child of God all the authority and the, and the power of the Lord belongs to you as well and the power and authority that was given to the Son of Man to Jesus has also been given to you and the power that you use to create the world, to create the universe, is also given to you as well. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says to, to be fruitful and multiply. This is, the, this is the blessing that God gave to uh, Adam and also to Abraham. And basically, it means to be to multiply and to rule uh, is both a, uh, is both uh, they are both the task given given to a king. So that's why God has called us to be His royal subjects and to be His royal kings as well. 
아담이 죄를 짓고 예배를 소중하게 했잖아요. 근데 아담이 정신 차리고 하나님께 제사를 제사 한번 드리고 In Genesis 왕자님께서 And we are also coming from the same family line, and so the the the, the power and the authority given to the priests, given to the to the king, are all within us as well. And that's why even though um, when I was studying in England, even, even if the weather is bad, I would put on my raincoat and I would take my bike to the, to the school so that I can continue to study and continue to turn to school to the Lord. So each and every day I would ride my bike uh, to the library and my library had, had automatic doors and so when I stood before it, the doors would be opened for me so that I can go in and study the word of the Lord and write this paper. The authority has been given to me to open those automatic doors. But that's not it. This authority, this authority that God has given us is very important. We must not focus on the original sin. We have to focus on the power and authority that God has given to us. So this may not be historically accurate. But there's a, there's a theory that Adam was so tall that his heads were in the clouds. But after he sinned, that's when he was shrunk into the, the average human height. But anyways, we are all made in the image of the Lord. And I'm sure since Adam was also created in the image of the Lord, he has the, the image of God transplanted to him. I'm sure he also radiated light. So to be jealous of others, to be envious of others is such a wicked thing for us to think. And that is exactly the thoughts of the enemy. Because we are all made in the image of the Lord. So Jesus came as the second Adam and he was able to trample and be victorious over the enemy. And even when, when Satan came to test him in the wilderness while he was fasting, he, didn't, he wasn't uh, overwhelmed by these attacks. And he was victorious in the desert as well. And in Mark, it doesn't mention Jesus as the second Adam. But in Luke, Jesus is put into the family line of, of Adam. But the book of Mark uses the expression of uh, son of man. 
So Jesus was the son of man. He came from the uh, family of man. He came from the family of David, which ultimately is the family of Adam as well. And people don't come to, do not come to Jesus and say son of man because that's just man. Son of man means you came from a man, which means you are a man. So it's a little redundant. Uh, so when you when you look into the Bible, um, people never come to Jesus saying son of man. He was always son of man was always an expression that uh, that he he gave to himself. So, and that was the only uh, uh, the name that he chose for himself is to become is is for him to be the son of man. People come to him saying uh, saying to him teacher or Lord or or Jesus, but never came came to him saying son of man. And we can see hope in 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 this fact because Jesus was fully admitted and decided to, to live as a man on this earth. So, verse 10, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you to get up, take your mat, and go home. So I've talked about a lot of things. We talked about faith, uh, talked about original sin, talked about the spirit of religion. And we received a lot of hints regarding how to, to, to live, uh, live in this faith. And think of me as a paralyzed man and pray for me and, and support me and help me until I can, uh, I can have my paper uh, be passed. And not just me, there are a lot of people that need to lie on this mat, that are lying on this mat. So when you see somebody who is lying on a mat, then please help them. Help them up and, and do not rebuke them or, or guilt, bring guilt upon them. I struggled a lot with the fact that I, I uh, made the church pay my fine. Because growing up, I never, I, I really uh, tried my best not to to bring a burden on upon somebody else. But the Lord created this event, this this accident, so that I can learn how to become a church. And I learned what it meant to be a a part of this body. So what's left for me is to, to finish this paper. And of course, that is not done by my own strength as well. It is done through uh, the, the, the power of this church. And I'm also very thankful for my cell group as well. Sometimes we minister to one another. Sometimes we share about our lives. And sometimes we, only, we just eat and feast and have, uh, enjoy one another. And there was once when we talked about 
this idea of being a church. And all the others were, were sharing about their experiences of being a church. But when I went home, I didn't really feel anything. I don't really remember anything that others shared because I didn't taste, get it. I, I don't have that experience for myself. And I wanted, um, while I was preparing for this message this week, it was very difficult for me. I, was, I had a hard time receiving revelations. And I actually planned on a very short sermon. I want to finish it quickly. And soon we have intercession as well. So my plan was to finish it quickly, but I still have a lot of things that I wanted to share. And I have been sharing a lot of things that I, hadn't, I didn't plan on sharing. But this is what a church is. This is what a, this is what a true church is. A church is a, is a place where you can receive and share the truth of the Lord with one another. And not just receive this truth, but live by that truth as well. And in order to spread that truth, God has sent our pastor to, is, to Israel. And, this, and he, was, he has also led this church to a new season that is, is opening in this, uh, through this conference as well. And in order for us to be met with this new season, we need to get rid of the spirit of religion. And the point is not for us to continue to lie on this mat, even if this mat is, is expensive. It is for us to stand up and walk again. I'm not preaching because I'm, I'm in debt. I'm, I'm not preaching, I'm not uh, uh, doing this ministry because I'm in debt. I'm doing it because I can see the light of Jesus. I'm, I'm doing this for the glory of the Lord. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full, full view of, of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Amen. But we have to be careful. We, even though they, the people, the crowd, turn the glory of the Lord, they are, con they are always ready to turn against the Lord. When they see an act of God, all they're doing is praising that act. They're, they're applauding the act of the Lord. They're not, they don't maintain that faith for the Lord because they're influenced by the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion does not even acknowledge Jesus. You have to get rid of the spirit of religion and also your tendencies to become a crowd. So Lord, would you uh, arouse <clears throat> a desire for us, for us to live by this truth, to hold on, this, hold on to this truth, so that this community may look at one another through the eyes of faith, so that we can support and care for one another and love one another. Would you give us this faith, give us this desire, give us this work of faith, give us this blessing. Let this blessing of the Son of Man be filled within me and also within you as well. Let's pray.
Today I have just preached. And it was not my intention to share about my story, but it doesn't matter. I hope that you would hold on to the message that, that I have proclaimed as Rema to receive that message. Because you have to receive it through Rema for that message to, to, to remain within you. If you do not receive this truth, then you're just another member of the crowd. But when you let this truth come into you, it's going to come and touch your heart, touch your spirit, help you, and it will move you. And it's going to allow you to know of your calling to this church. It's going to let you know what it means to become a church. And we have to walk on the path, the same path as Pastor Kim is walking. And follow the, the, the promise and the predestination that God has set for us, for us to become holy and blameless. We must not use Jesus as a tool. We have to know and become familiar with Jesus. So Lord, help us to know, am I affected, am I affected by the spirit of religion? Or am I just a part of the pro, uh, of the crowd? Help us to know our weaknesses, see what we are, where we are lacking. Help us, to, help us to lift up a true confession to you. Let us repent. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Help us to know what you are displeased of. Point, point out our mistakes. Come and speak to us. Come and work upon us. Remind us of the things that we need to repent on. Help us to cry and confess our sins before you and let us uh, help us to also unravel the things the things that need to be unraveled help us not to fall into despair but rather let our mistakes let our mistakes become a chance for us to become closer to you let us know the deepness of your love we want to regain the joy and freedom that we can, we can have once we get rid of our si- uh, sins. So let's pray. The love of God who comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. We once again see in a new way how great it is. And that that blood is alive and sets us up as your remnant. And so, Lord, we thank you for this love. May each and every single one of us, the Urban Church, Zoe Ministry, and all the remnant all over the world, stand as your great that, Lord, may your life blow from the four corners of the earth. We will see with our own eyes and that Israel, Korea, and America, and the remnant all over the world shall flow forth in victory. May your faith uphold us and may your passion uh, flow once again inside of us and your power and authority and all your great things. 
In your grace, may it blow forth in our lives. And now we enter into this new season. We let the things that in the past stay behind us and move forward like Apostle Paul and like Jesus Christ, who is our general. Lord, we boldly walk into this new season. Then no matter what hurts, no matter what bindings may have been with us, no matter what darkness may have been us, we put it in our past. And now, with this new season, we go forward being loosened from all of our bindings. And as a great army be established, I pray for this worship. Lord, or pray for the offering. Lord, may this offering be uh, pleasing to you and grant us great material authority that we could send forth that, that riches to the world. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, as the head of the church, and through the love of the Father and the fulfilling, indwelling, comforting work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who believe and receive the opening of the new season upon your beloved saints, their families, their children, their workplace and their inheritance upon this nation, upon the missionaries all over the world, upon Zoe Ministry and Yoban Church, and to those who are in Israel, may, all, may it rest on all of the saints, now and forevermore. Amen.